0: This is the Extra Point podcast. During this podcast, we will dive deeper into our Sunday teaching and share practical next steps for your faith journey. Now, let's kick off the Extra Point. Hey, welcome to the Extra Point. I'm Cheryl Ross, the next steps and discipleship pastor here at Southard Church, and I'm with Scott Beha, our lead pastor. And we are in a series called Asking for a Friend, where we are taking some of the questions that you might have about faith or the Bible um, and digging into those. And so our question from this Sunday was, um, what do I say to someone who asks, where was God during their pain? And this is a question that is, um, we, we get some version of this every series, as you said, on Sunday. And we like to look for those questions where the heart behind it is genuine and sincere and something that they really need to know the answer to. And so um, I think one of the things that you did within your teaching on Sunday was share about there are different times that you answer this question mm-hmm. in different ways. Yes. And I thought that that was an absolutely fantastic way to look at it because um, yeah. often like in those moments when people are hurting like in the moment, they don't necessarily need you to come in and like fix it or be all philosophical, but like they need they need something. And so um if you wanna just kinda share a little bit more about that and about maybe what those different yeah. times might look like.
1: Yeah, funerals are not times for like pontificating whatsoever. Mm-hmm. They're not like even like when I have to preach a funeral, I will and again I won't I won't like undermine what i believe the scriptures to say but there are some nuances surrounding like death eternity pain that i may not have to go and make my point at Mm -hmm. a funeral because that's not the place to do it right right like all right grandma died i get it i could sit there and tell you why grandma died and take Mm -hmm. you all throughout the you all none of that is helpful Mm -hmm. whatsoever Like, I could sit there, like, when people are in the midst of pain, and they go, why is this happening to me? They don't actually, like, if you're sitting in a hospital room with them, Mm -hmm. they don't actually want you to answer that question. Right. They want you to put your arm around them and go, this sucks. Mm -hmm. Maybe months down the road, they're in a better place. They go, "You know, hey, do you remember when you asked why this was happening? Well, you know, now, would you like to have that discussion now? But at the funeral in the hospital room, mm-hmm. right when they get off the phone and they got bad news, mm-hmm. the day that they lost their job, whatever it is, mm-hmm. they're not looking for a sermon. Right. They're just looking for you to be there. Yeah. And so, like, when I answered this question Sunday, the first answer is the funeral answer. Where was mm-hmm. God in the midst of all of this? Why did all this happen? Listen, God was right there with you, and he's still right there with you. Mm-hmm. The second two answers are a lot more, hey, down the road, we could talk right. about, like, that God wasn't picking on you in this moment. This right. is just kind of what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was it. Once people are past the initial pain, not that they ever get past the full pain, mm-hmm. they're not past the initial pain. A lot of times, they're able to to look back mm-hmm. and go, "Oh, that is right. God does yeah. bring about new life because of pain. God does bring about m- m- maturation in my life as the result mm-hmm. of pain and all these different things." They are not going to see that in the moment, though. Right. So, like, when you show up at the hospital, hey, listen, God's got a plan.
0: Mm-hmm. God's got,
1: You're going to be better for this. In the like, that's not what they want to hear at the right. funeral. That's not what they need to hear at the hospital. Mm-hmm. So just understanding when people are hurting, a ministry of presence is much more, um, much more appropriate than trying to pontificate on life's big. Lessons. And if someone says, no, I do want to get into that discussion, Mm -hmm. I I would honestly, I would refuse to do that. I would Mm -hmm. go, listen, I know that you think that you want to have this discussion. It's not going to go good. Mm -hmm. Like the practical, rational, like rational thought doesn't make sense to us when we're in the midst of pain. So it's just not the right time. So you got to pick your shots better.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I loved the statement that you talked about how the most constant things in our life are often the least recognizable things in our lives. Um, I think that is something that really, like, when you think, like, well, it doesn't feel like he's here. Like, that's what we say. Like, it doesn't feel like he's here. It doesn't feel like he was there. Where was he? Um, Remembering that, I think, is incredibly important. I thought that that was a really, really Yeah. Have
1: you ever, like, do you wear sunglasses? Yes. They feel weird on your face because you don't always wear glasses? Exactly. People that, like, people that wear Mm -hmm. glasses... At some point, they have to forget Mm -hmm. that they even have glasses on because they always have glasses on. Mm -hmm. It's like that. Like that's such. That's an. For me, I like my head and my face are like easily irritated, which I don't know. Much like all of me, I guess. Um, But like (laughs) my head and my face are easily irritated by stuff. So like, I like to wear sunglasses. Mm-hmm. But like I'm constantly fidgeting with them mm-hmm. because I don't wear glasses. Yeah, it's the same thing with this with this hat. Like I'm yeah, with, like, I noticed it on Sunday. Like <laughs> yeah, I'm constantly yeah. messing with mm-hmm. it because it's like irritating my forehead. Mm-hmm. So I want to try to find the spot that like it doesn't do that. And it's because I don't always have a hat on, right? Or I don't always have this hat on. Yeah. But, like, the most constant things in life are things that we almost forget are even there. So, therefore, like, and that's that's what we know. If you're a person that believes that the Bible is, the you know, the Word of God, mm-hmm. then you should be a person that understands that what he says about him being with you. Mm-hmm. Again, what the Bible has to say about God's presence with you does nothing for an atheist or an agnostic because right. they don't believe it's the Word of God anyways. Yeah. I would talk to them differently, but I'm yeah. trying to answer a question for someone at a church. Yeah. What the Bible has to say about God's presence with you is so much more important than how you feel or anything mm-hmm. else in regards to whether or not, oh, how do I know God wasn't with me in this insight? No, actually, his word says he is with you. Mm-hmm. Psalm 139, there's nowhere that you can go to even get away from that. Yeah. Even if you wanted to get away from it, you could not get away from it if you're going to take a biblical view yeah. of the topic. And then... um Psalm 43, what was that, was that the next one? Yeah, 46, Psalm 46, ever-present help Mm -hmm. in time and trouble, like ever-present, always there, ever meaning always, present meaning there, like he's Mm -hmm. always there in your times of trouble.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, And what, what most people don't realize is the reason why you made it through that in the first place is because he was there. Yeah. The reason why you can get on the other side of it and complain about the lack of God in the midst of it is because he was actually there. Yeah. It's like what Frank Turk always talks about, like most people that try to use use arguments against God to say that he's not there are really just people that are sitting in his lap to slap his face. Like you have to, he's the one that helped you get through the pain to get to the point where you could even look back and complain yeah. about him in the first place.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I think that's so important. I I know like, the Again, that's not that I funeral to, talk, though, either. Right. No, it's not. <laughs> it's <laughs> that's not, not funeral it's, talk
1: either, though. Please don't go tell someone that at a funeral.
0: <laughs> yeah, like, I had lunch with someone yesterday, and they were sharing with me about um, a young lady that they had adopted, and, and some of her, like, this is a question that she kind of has and struggles with. And I was like, you know, I'd love to share my testimony with her sometime because <sighs> I think, like— For me, I've, I've gone through some of those terrible things, but like looking back, I'm able to see and know like that he was right there with me through every single moment. Like, even though it was horrible, terrible, I wouldn't wish it on anybody. um, I know that he was there and I know that he was there because um, of, of what he's brought me through and also like what he taught me throughout that season and time and from that season and time. Um, but so I think the, the next thing that you talked about though, was, um, the good parents know that sometimes pain is necessary Yep. and, um,
1: we don't give God that same, <laughs> that same benefit of the doubt whatsoever. Yeah. Like we all know really good parents that sometimes we have to watch from a distance. Like
0: mm-hmm.
1: I was trying to think of an exact instance cause I know that I've done this, but like mm-hmm. it's escaping, but I know that I've like stood at a distance and watched my children do something destructive. Yeah. Simply because I know, all right, their life's probably not in danger, mm-hmm. but when they fall, it's going to hurt. Yeah. And they're going to realize, hey, don't climb on that fence. It's mm-hmm. not a good idea.
0: Yeah. So I thought of when, so we have three kids, you know, and Carter's our oldest. When Carter was a little baby or toddler, I should say, and he began climbing on the couch and like being a little a little wild and um, he would he would fall. Like, falling from the couch as as a, you know, 16-month, 18-month-old baby, like, our couch wasn't super high. So, like, mm-hmm. and we had carpeted floors. So we knew he wasn't going to get super hurt, but he'd learn his boundaries. And my yep. husband would always say, like, hey, he's got to learn. Yep. Like, he has to learn what he can and can't do, where, you know, what he's capable of and, and where, um, where his boundaries are. But then when we had Esme, our daughter – and she got to that point, he was super overprotective, like yep. wanted to pull her off every single time. And I said, hey, what what happened to they have to learn? Yep. And, um, and I just thought of that because I was like, oh, man. Because um, I think a lot of times, especially when it comes to our kids, we can tend to put boundaries on them yep. and think that they're not capable of something that they actually are. Yep. Um, but allowing them to go through those moments or those seasons to like push themselves and see what they are capable of. I had that same feeling when my kids, like, this year, this summer, they have started doing, like, being much more brave in the pool, mm-hmm. jumping off diving boards, like, doing all kinds of things. And I want so badly to just be like, no, don't do that. Or, like, helicopter mom yeah. in moments. But I had to stand back and be like, I can't stop this because they're yep. they're going to learn a little bit better if if I let them try and let them do it.
1: Yeah. As much and- as we wish – that people learn simply by listening <laughs> more so than anything much more in our life is caught mm-hmm. than taught mm-hmm. and so it's like a lot more is just like i'm just going to figure that out on my own i know that you told me not to touch that hot stove mm-hmm. but until i have the blister on my hand i don't really have a reason to mm-hmm. believe you that it's that i'm not going to do that mm-hmm. And so there's so many people that that like, and for me, I was one of those people. You could tell me what I was getting into was Mm -hmm. going to be harmful, but until I experienced it for myself, I just wasn't. And so that really like, there's just Mm -hmm. that's how people. A lot of people are wired. We wish that our kids, if we say, "Hey, if you jump off of that, you know, you jump off of the stairs right there, whatever it is, you're going to get hurt," and then they go, "Okay, I just won't do that." But the truth is, they're probably going to jump they're going to smash their face yeah. right their arm then they're going mm-hmm. <laughs> to then everything's going like oh shouldn't do that in the future yeah. right that's how we end up growing is a lot more through experience mm-hmm. than than by being lectured mm-hmm. and it's hard as a parent but we know that that's what good parents do yeah. so I, it frustrates me that we don't give God that same latitude yeah. in his parenting absolutely we, go, we know that it's good for people to go through something, for our kids to go through some stuff mm-hmm. to help them grow. Yeah, there's sometimes like parents just have to take their hands off of situations, or else they end up enabling yeah. a child to not mature. And then the moment they go, you know what? You're in this mess. You're gonna have to fix it yourself. We yeah. know that that's good for them, and yet sometimes God allows things to happen mm-hmm. to us and goes, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna help you through it, but you're yeah. gonna have to get through it. But on the yeah. other end, you're gonna be better for it. And we go, well, how dare you, God? How dare yeah. you do that? And He goes. I'm thinking, well, why doesn't he get the same permission that we do as parents? Yeah. If Especially if we know that it's the best practice.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm going to guess
1: that parenting best practice actually came from him, us watching how he parents, mm-hmm. and then we decided that, that was the best way to do it. And then all these hundreds of years later, we look back, and now we criticize him for it.
0: <laughs> yeah. I think we can be very critical in things. But I loved your your thought on how – when somebody talks about their pain and their suffering and those kind of things, um, recognizing and, and telling them like, Hey, do you know that you sound a lot like Jesus? Yeah. Um, that right there was something that I think was a really big highlight. Like that's something that I think you can have a conversation with someone who, um, is, is not a follower of Jesus as well as a follower of Jesus. Um, Reminding them, or like if they're a follower of Jesus, reminding them what Jesus did go through, that Jesus did suffer as well, and that he knows pain just as much, if not more.
1: Yeah. I think that this is like part of the thing why, like, again, not funeral talk, but just like when people aren't in pain talk, why it Mm -hmm. frustrates me so much that people use pain, suffering, and evil as some sort of indictment against God when I go, like, do you understand the story that he's telling? Yeah. Like he didn't spare himself from it. Why would right. why wouldn't you like it frustrates me because I go like why why is there this double standard that mm-hmm. that Jesus is allowed to die for you right. because of what it will do on your behalf and yet you won't also suffer some because of what it might do in your life and other mm-hmm. people's lives. This seems like a really weird mm-hmm. like thing that we've set up here where we go oh it's okay for Jesus to die because yeah. we know, like, when you're reading the story of the crucifixion or whatnot, you're like, because you already know how it turns out, you're mm-hmm. okay with it. Mm-hmm. But, like, just because you don't know how it's going to turn out in your life, you're not okay yeah. with it. God's supposed to treat you differently. Like, yeah. I just have major issues with us, yeah. like, thinking like that. Um, and it's, like, it, like that's the story mm-hmm. that's being told yeah. throughout the scriptures is how things come to die and then are raised back to life. Mm-hmm. Like Jesus even tells a parable, uh, or I don't know whether it was a parable or whatnot. He talks about a seed. He says a seed has to be buried. And I actually didn't know this, but when seeds and such are buried, they actually die. Mm-hmm. And then it's from the death of the seed that a new plant yeah. is then birth. Like mm-hmm. <clears throat> this is the like this is actually woven into every fabric of society. Like things die then yeah. then new life comes as the result of it. Mm-hmm. This is just the way that the world is created. And so we, it shouldn't be a shock to us that the greater story being told of how Jesus brings new life was ultimately through death. Yeah. Uh, and so for us, and I, again, none of this helps us not experience pain right. And it doesn't mean that our pain doesn't hurt like crazy. It just means that at some point in our life, we can get enough perspective to go, I understand why this happened. Mm -hmm. I understand, and on some level, I can even appreciate it, Mm -hmm. even though I wish there was an easier way to get there.
0: Yeah. And I think something that I thought of within it is that, like, if you're not in community with people, then you will feel super alone like when you're not in community with people that can sit with you can be there in those moments of pain that can help you know maybe speak truth if you need truth in those moments um, or pray with you sit with you weep with you Um, you're you're going to struggle a little bit more like even Jesus like before the cross when you see him go into the garden to pray before all those things happen in Matthew 26 and 38 like he tells the three disciples that he took with him is the three Um, that he took, he said, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. And in that moment, it's like, he's saying, look, like I am struggling. Like this is hard. What I'm about to face is going to be the most difficult thing that I will do. I need you here with me. Like be here with me. He doesn't say like for them to do anything specific, just be here and keep watch with me. And in those moments, I think it points back to that, like, hey, in those moments, like you just have to sit there with them. You just have to be there with them in those times. But having those people that you can go to and say, "Hey, I'm really struggling. This is really difficult. Can you just sit with me? Can you just be with me? Yeah. Can you just pr- pray with me?" Um, it's really, really important. So then the next thing that you said was that um, the the no pain no gain. That yeah. you know, there's there's growth that happens. Within the pain, like you were talking about with the seed and the and all of that too, like there is there's something that happens within pain that can bring purpose that can bring mm-hmm. um, something some kind of growth, so let 's talk about that a little bit
1: yeah, I mean there's multiple scriptures i I looked at Romans five, James one, second Corinthians four We could look at other passages as well mm-hmm. that the it's obvious. Mm-hmm. That what we go through helps build endurance, endurance leads to perseverance, perseverance, on and on and on, Mm -hmm. uh, as they kind of lay out in the scriptures. And, again, on the other side of Jesus' suffering and death, he came out different. Mm -hmm. He he came out in a more glorified state. Mm Mm-hmm. This is what happens through your pain and suffering. This is what Paul says in Second Corinthians. Mm-hmm. Like through what you're going through is building up a weight of glory within you, mm-hmm. and this is something that it's not going to be taken from you. Yeah, like this is something that like th- it makes you the type of person that lasts. It makes you the mm-hmm. type of person that can be trusted um, with bigger and bigger assignments within the kingdom. Like I know without a shadow of a doubt. Most of the stuff that I've gone through in my life all coincided to me becoming, mm-hmm. um, you know, the position I am in in leadership. Like the, yeah. when I became the lead teaching pastor, was when our house was broken into, and I experienced unbelievable anguish and mental health issues that that still have some lingering effects to this day. Mm-hmm. And then I, I didn't even think about this until just now, but like as I was being called to be the sole lead pastor of this church, one week later. Covid shut the church down and i was thinking well god why the heck are you doing this like i finally yeah. got my chance to, to lead the church that i love and that i've always wanted to do this and, mm-hmm. and and now this whole thing is gonna gonna mess it up and when people told me that there would be effects of this that would last for far beyond whenever they said that you no longer have to wear masks and have mm-hmm. to stay indoors i always thought no that's crazy everything will just go back to normal yeah. and here we are tw- you know <clears throat> almost fall 2023 And I can tell you as far as ministry is is concerned, there are still major lingering lingering effects that I've Mm -hmm. still yet to be able to pastor a church like what existed before the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And so like these major moments in my ministry where God has wanted to use me have both come with significant amounts of pain Mm -hmm. to prepare me for what it was that he was calling me to do. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I can't imagine how many different people in the Bible that we could go to that would have a similar story, Mm -hmm. that there was an incredible amount of pain coupled Mm -hmm. with an incredible calling that God had on their life. Um, I cannot remember which one of the, might have been Leonard Ravenhill, I could be totally wrong, that says that until God has completely broken a man, he cannot greatly use him. Uh I could have just butchered that quote, but that's the essence of it. And it's like, Uh I always thought, well, does that have to be necessary? Like, couldn't he Uh just, like, use someone without, like, their life having to go crazy first? And it's like, he could, but there's something about this journey through pain that, like, it makes... Uh it makes the type of people that God wants to do significant things yeah. through and so if you want a pain-free life i i'm actually convinced God could possibly even let you have that if he if he didn't have great things in store for you right. but because he does have great things in store for you he's not mm-hmm. going to let you take the easy way out yeah he's just not going, yeah. going to do that um you may try to take the easy way out and i promise if you do you'll never experience you might have like a nice life but you'll never have the life that mm-hmm. God intended for you to have
0: yeah absolutely like I think about even the transition that I took from kids ministry to this position, like I knew, and for a couple of years I was feeling like, Hey, like the things that I've been through in life, they can, you know, ultimately help a lot of people when I can be in a space to share that. But like kids are, is not really the place to be able to share some yeah. of these things and do some of these things. And so I knew like in that moment, like, when I was feeling that, that there was something different and something more. But I remember when it came like really clear to me that I could have purpose from my pain was, um, whenever I got to first share my story of my Mm -hmm. struggle and how God brought me out of that with someone. Um, and in that moment I was like, oh, this, this is what this is for because as like second Corinthians, Um, Mm -hmm. one four says that he comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others when they are troubled, we'll be able to give them the same comfort that God has given us. And I think in essence, that is that like purpose from your pain. Like, Hey, God can help you, has helped you through this, will help you through this. Mm -hmm. And then you will be able to turn around and then help someone else through something either that they're going through similarly, or even just give them that hope to know, um, that there that there is hope, like, that this won't always be the way that it is. And mm-hmm. I think, like, how you were saying on Sunday, like, you connect because of the struggles that yeah. we face. Like, everybody can connect with a struggle, with a pain, with um, difficult situations, but yeah. not everybody can connect with success. Yeah. And so that is part of why, like, we live in a broken world. And so within our brokenness, the things that we have – gone through the things that maybe have broken us down, um, in those things, those are the things that help us connect to those other people who are also broken. And I love listening to, um, it's, um, Tony Collier's podcast, Broken Crown, Still Caller. And that's the whole like essence is that like, Hey, even, even though something might be broken, there's still purpose in it. Like Mm -hmm. you can still be used like a broken crown. You can still use that broken crown to call her. And, um, And it's within those things and realizing that, that like, hey, even though this was difficult or is difficult, there's still purpose, like, and getting through and understanding that it is temporary. I think where you brought in the point about how, you know, Jesus in his death, like, when he cried out and said, hey... God, like, you know, why, why have you forsaken me? Why have you abandoned me? When he did that, like he didn't necessarily get, he didn't get his answer in that moment. Yeah, He died, but it was three days later Yeah, when he got that answer. And so for us, it's knowing and remembering, like it may not be immediate. It may be three years. It may be 30 years. It may take a while for you to fully understand um, because I know, for me, with some of the trauma and abuse I went through, I mean, it was—it was about eight years later mm-hmm. before I got to share that with somebody in a way that it helped. Yeah. And so I think that that is something to um, hold on to and remember, um, Scott. Anything else that you would like to share from Sunday?
1: No, I think <clears throat> just remember when the right times are to share the right. Mm -hmm. things that we've talked about, but I think that's, that's pretty much it.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Well, your story matters and your testimony matters. And part of that is from what we've talked about that the things that you go through are things that you might have to endure in order to help others or, um, also in order to, um, just receive or give God glory for what he has done and what he can do. So I hope that you remember to take your story, maybe write it down if you've never written it down before and, And pray about how God can use those things. Um, Try to look back and remember those times that he was there and faithful. And um, next week we'll be covering the canonization of the Bible. So it'll be pretty in-depth. And I'm really excited um, to hear more about that. But we hope that you um, like and subscribe to this podcast. And join us again next week for more content. Thanks for tuning in to The Extra Point. Be sure to subscribe to the Southridge Church Podcast and tune in every Wednesday for another episode of The Extra Point.